At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming down the aisle. It's time to farm. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kitzel, you're hanging out with... It's Katie Dirks. It's Katie Dirks. How you doing, Katie? I'm all right. I'm doing good. I know. We were talking uh, before the show. Your car got broken into, and they <sighs> stole um, a whole bunch of nothing. I got a whole... I got a parking ticket. And they politely stole, placed things. They stole a parking ticket. I know. Is I it mean, like... was? Is this a good Samaritan break-in where they were like, well, we break into cars, but we take everything. We take all their bills and we pay yeah, them for them. And they go pay them. They took some gift cards and my parking ticket, so I'm hoping they'll they'll use the gift cards to pay the parking ticket. They politely they politely placed things all over the car. It wasn't like a rampage. It That's was very so strange. Awesome. It's well, very weird. Today we have with us now, Katie. How many times do you think this guy that we are that we're about to speak with? How many times has he been mentioned? By other professional wrestlers. I'm pretty certain every single person that we've talked to. I believe we've done 11 or 12 episodes. And I believe 11 or 12 times he has been mentioned at one point. So, I mean, (laughs) I'm interested to see what all of these wonderful wrestlers see in this man. And, of course, that man that we are talking about. He is, I'm just going to say this, Katie, king of the indies. He's a kindy. Whoa. I, did we? Did you just start? Did you just coin a new term? He's the kindy. He's the king of the indies. His name is Effie. Thank you so much for being on the show, bro. I'm so excited. Now I have to live up to the expectation of all these other wrestlers mentioning me. But a I lot think of I hype. can do it. I think I can do it. There's been a lot of hype. We've had you were mentioned by people who like to bleed all over the stage. You were mentioned by people who like to play video games uh, yeah. while wrestling. Yeah. Um, so you really sort of run the gamut when it comes to appreciation. Or when it comes to being appreciated uh, by uh, your peers in the indie scene. So it's great to have you with us. Thank you. What an honor. So I had a chance, and I just, I mean, this is really, you know, kind of out of nowhere here. But I was in Nashville this weekend, Katie. And And you know who I had a chance to see? I want to know. Elton John. No. Elton John. And he was incredible. And he was, he still got it. Okay, but here's I have to ask you this. Did you have to pay for the tickets or did you get in on a secret list? No, man. Not only did I pay for the tickets, I paid a lot of money for those tickets. And when you say tickets, you assume I went with a friend. I went alone. <laughs> and I so I paid for a ticket. And the sad thing is, I am so big, six foot seven, three thirty. 
um, that I got a seat. Section 116, row G, seat 5. But the problem is, oh, couldn't right fit in the, the seat. Couldn't oh, no. fit in the seat. And then as soon as I showed up, everyone was like, oh, God damn it. And I was like, I didn't do anything. I'm just trying to watch Mr. Elton John. I'm just trying to enjoy a show. And because I was so uncomfortable and because everyone was so upset that I was standing there blocking their view, I had to go sit in the Americans with Disabilities row, which actually was much better. And I made friends with a lot of wonderful people. Yeah, you get more space that way. You too. get more space. That's excellent. So well, I'm officially uh, I'm officially an American with a disability, which is just called being too big to sit in a damn amphitheater. I uh, I, I was going to take my mom to see Elton. I was like, this is the, the going go. away tour. I saw Elton a few years ago. I paid 80 bucks. Wow. It was incredible. Because I know that's not what you paid. And no. I looked at the tickets. That's like a free ticket. And I basically was like, Mom, I love you. I don't love you this much. I'll no. tell you about when I went. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll listen to the album and we'll talk about how, how awesome it was through my eyes. But uh, when it comes to professional wrestling, I guess to find some kind of uh, through line here, you are known as an extreme, uh, queer, badass, fishnet wearing professional wrestler. You you got glam, you got glitz, and you're also often covered in blood. Uh, so I this think it's just I seems- think it's less often than you think. But I figured out the scrapbook rule of wrestling, which is you get your death matches in, you get as many right. pictures as you can, and then you spread the pictures out, and then everyone thinks you're bloody every weekend. Perfect. Where I might actually just be at home hanging out with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Social media hack. I love it. Yeah. And it's also sometimes it's a surprise death match, which Monday was a surprise death match. Wait, I hold on a second. How the hell? What, how would you spring that on someone? Well, this okay. is what I, I texted Ben, this photo of you. The the one where I'm just soaked in blood, yes. right? Yes. So I got there and they were like, hey, you know, do you want to do glass? Do you want to do tax? Do you want to do gusset boards? And you sort of go, yeah, wh- I, whatever. Let's do it. And I had, uh, I had bled a lot more than I expected to that night. And at one yeah. point- what, well, what did you decide? Glass, tacks? We did glass. We did the gusset boards. Which What's the, a gusset board? So a gusset board is a little piece of metal and has a lot of spikes sticking out of it that they use to hold boards together in construction. No. And no. Wh- the way we used it in the match was we had a board that was covered in gusset plates. So I bombed him through the board of gusset plates. And then I peeled one off and punched it into his face. So he peeled one off and punched it into my face. And then we headbutted each other with them. Oh. And the spikes are so small that it really gets a good blood flow. Right. So really, I wasn't bleeding that much, but it was it was that one spot was just gushing. And everybody was like, oh, we have to stop the match. I was like, no, this is where it gets good. Yeah, it's a death no. match. I was joking, stop too. Stop it. <laughs> women, and I don't know. I don't know how what language we can use here, right? Oh, you can say whatever you okay. want. Okay, women menstruate, right? Yeah. So that yeah. helps them get extra metals, irons, chemicals out of their blood every month. Men have the ability to donate blood. Gay men do not have that ability. Is As, that still the case? It's still the case. It's still the law. And oh here's the thing. God. I'm a gay guy who gets tested all the time for death matches, for wrestling license, for my boyfriend. Right. We get tested. So I know my blood is good, but... Most gay people don't have the ability to lose blood. This is good for me to lose blood. But because of that, I like to say that gay people are more metal than everyone else. Because technically, we have more deposits of metal in our blood because we can't bloodlet. Hey, all right. There you go. I'm on board. I mean, I, I co-sign this. Yeah, yeah. No, that all checks out. It's all a good logical loop, right? Well, yeah. that's, that's actually completely insane. I thought that would be more of a... Uh, Early 2000s, 1980s, 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 20s, and and, right. t- and yesterday uh, rule when it comes to gay people not being allowed to give blood because I will take some gay blood. Yeah, take that gay blood. My boyfriend still donates blood, and I'm like, you're doing something illegal. And he's like, I just want to help. I was like, they don't want to help you. <laughs> they don't want to help you. 
Yeah, there's something wrong when it's when you're trying to save a life and the government's like, I don't know if that mm. I guarantee you the person who is in desperate need after a motorcycle accident of blood will not be like, Is that gay blood? Because <laughs> I don't want minute. that inside of me. Oh, <laughs> next thing you know I'm out there having sex with yeah. Randy, who I've always wanted to have sex with anyway. <laughs> it's fun to bleed. Yeah. I don't know. It's exciting and it's the pain. Honestly, I would rather bleed most nights than take a lot of the bumps I take in the ring or on the floor. Right. Because it's a little scrape. You're scraped up. You can see my arm right now. I it's, am. Yes, you're pretty were, scraped up. Speaking of motorcycle accidents, it looks like you just went through one. Oh, no. You know, just a piece of large glass that it looks like they found in a creek that they had a man wiping off. Oh, great. great. So, I mean, it's it's you get that reaction from the audience, though, the minute that blood is introduced. And in person, you know, if on a screen, it's cool to see. But in person, there's something very visceral about watching a person bleed in front of you yeah. that it's hard to turn away from. And it's very entertaining in a way that almost... I see people leave death matches. You know, they leave a wrestling show and they're like, oh, what a fun time. That was so good. The baby right. faces won. They leave these death matches and they're leaving in shock. Like they've almost gone to a torture house. Right. And there's still that excitement and joy, but it's a whole different, like, what have I put myself through? I feel like a stronger person. I've seen a man almost die in there. Absolutely. Also, the, the, there's a photo of the ring that's just glass. Oh, yeah. Like there's just oh. glass in ev and on every surface of that mat. It's not a fun conscious decision to have to make when you know you're about to bump into glass. Right. And then the glass is already there and you're like, I have to do more moves into this glass. There's no way it's going to be good. You just have to kind of suck it up. And I think there's Well, a how the hell do you do that? Because it seems to me like I've always tried to avoid glass. Um, how do you <laughs> does it hurt more the first time you land on the thumbtacks or the glass? Um or whatever the hell razor blades. Does it hurt the first time more than the last time? Do you just sort of how do you block out the pain? I practice heavy stoicism throughout all aspects of my life. Very good. I mean, you think about even with a general wrestling match, right? Like Philly yesterday, uh, or Monday, I guess. I woke up at 4.30 to go to the airport to fly to Philly to wrestle by 9.30 p.m. that night that lasted 15 minutes. My whole day was built around this 15-minute session. I'm really good at just putting myself through travel torture and sitting and doing nothing and then 20 minutes of pain and then suffering afterwards. Right. There's beauty to the performance, but there's also a lot of suffering built into it mm -hmm. to where you kind of have to just go, oh, I'm going to deal with it. So when it comes to the glass, it's the same sort of mentality, but it only gets worse the longer you're rolling around in the glass. The first time you get opened up, it's fine. The second time, it's glass going back into open wounds and making them uh, worse. Oh, God. Uh, Reminds me of the, uh, what was it, the... The Stations of the Cross, when they brought Jesus to the uh, to be crucified, oh. just seems, you know what, I'm going to say it doesn't seem very fun. I've, yeah, at a certain point, As you a have fan, to go, I think it's fun. I think we've been tortured enough. I think I'm good. But no, it's never <laughs> enough. There's always something something else. How often do you find your, do you do, you do death matches? Legitimate, you know, long-form death matches, I would say maybe once every two months. But it looks good, like a lot enough. more. That's it, enough. Yeah. That's yeah. plenty. Has anyone ever gone, because this is the thing with those death matches, I just rewatched the video of literally, a, it was a felonious assault, and I think everyone will agree, with the dumbass wrestler that just threw the cinder block on that dude's head? Yes. Did you see that? I was very mad. Yes. This is not a wrestling move. Did you ever see that, Katie? I don't think I've seen this. Look it up on the internet, because it's literally a dude's in a ring, he has a cinder block, a guy's outside of the ring, he throws a cinder block at the guy's head. And I believe the man went into a coma. He did, yeah. He absolutely did. Oh, my did. gosh. And it was not like a wrestling move. But has anyone in your life, when it comes to your extreme matches, or maybe even not the more extreme matches, gone too far in the ring where you're like, okay, bro, like, 
you're not safe to wrestle with. We kind of got to wrap it up here. Yeah, I mean, I get that some. I won't ever really wrap it up. But, you know, there's sort of the receipt culture of like, hey, I'll yeah. give you one hit or I'll give you one of whatever you're giving me. But you better watch out because I'm going to come back at you full force. And the first time I wrestled Schlack, I wrestled Schlack Monday. Schlack has a lot of history. Um, I was trying to give him what they call in wrestling the Iggy of like, hey, I'm good. I've had enough oh. while he was punching something into my head that was a piece of metal or something like that. And so I'm trying to grab the man's nipples to tell him, hey, I'm good. I don't oh. think he can feel his nipples, so he didn't know. So I just had to like barrage him with an assault afterwards. I think oh my gosh. I'm a big enough dude. I mean, you're a real big dude. I'm yeah. looking at you right now. But in wrestling, I'm a big enough dude to where I can hold my own. Um, but there are moments where you, you get a little stiff back and see where they're where they're at. So is it usually the pinch of the nipple where I, you're like, I've had enough pinch, pinch I think the nipple? A, to me, a pinch of a nipple is very obvious. You know, yes. it's not like I'm not just shoving you off. I'm not like knocking you or talking to you. It's like, hey, here's an obvious signal that you're good, man. Well, do you have anything? And Katie, I know you can get in here with a question, but I, now I'm just interested in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to like BDSM culture, for example, they have safe words like pineapple or something like that. Does that ever happen too, where you like you just scream like oranges, and then the person knows like, okay, stop penetrating my skull with this nail? Yeah, I mean the referee plays such a, a crucial role in that, and sometimes people forget the refs are there, but the ref is so important to every match. And when that match happened Monday, uh, the ref was in my ear the whole time, going like, "You need to stop this match. You need to stop this." I was like, "Bro, I'm good. I'm good." But it's you know you have that person there to where if you want to throw the X up and be done with it, you can. And having that constant exit through your ref, through your people, right? It it sort of lets you go a little further than you normally would because you know like, "Hey, I'm two seconds from being able to call this off if I really have to." Right. I'm still. I just saw the clip of the cinder block, and I am uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an assault. Whatever ha uh, what happened to Cinderblock? Do you know what happened with Cinderblock guy? Did he, I'm going to assume you know, he doesn't wrestle anymore. I didn't get a follow up on it. I think maybe he was recovering. But no, the guy who threw the Cinderblock, I would assume. Well, I'm that sure he got blackballed. It had had to be. But then again, it's Mexico. There are different rules to Mexican lucha libre wrestling, and there are different things. And there's some weird activity down there. And that's yeah. as far as I can go into it without getting. Uh, weird uh, death threat emails. Be careful. Yeah, absolutely. There's certain things that are right across our border that are truly horrified and scary that we don't mess with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the fans can be a little bit, uh, a little bit harsher down there too. You it, know, how many times have you gone out to or get down to Mexico? I've to never wrestle? gone to Mexico. Oh, okay. And I'm ready for it, but I'm a little scared. But that's good, right? Have you worked internationally yet? No, I'm working in Canada for the first time. See, I have a rule. And this is a rule that messes with wrestlers. I won't lose money on bookings. There's a lot of guys who it's will great go. Idea. They'll go to England. They'll go to Canada. They'll go to all these places. And it looks really cool from the outside, but they don't come home with any money. They don't. They had to cover their plane ticket up front. They had to, you know, yep. get their basic right. bookings in. And it may lead to something better. So maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot by not doing that. But also, I want the time where you actually bring me in to make sense for your company. I want it to benefit your company. I don't want to come in and just snake all your money away and disappear, and it hasn't benefited you at all. And that's right. probably a downfall of me as well because I'm thinking about, like, the economic health of the wrestling companies I'm working for. No, you need to get paid. It makes a lot of sense. But you're also, yeah, you're also protecting yourself. And I think other people need to learn that lesson too, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like across the across the independent scene, like, I'm a freelancer. 
uh, in television. I'm not going to go to a different city and work for you unless you're going to take care of me and I can actually contribute and not take away your money. Right. But you know, those freelancers that are sneaking in on you and, and you find out they're not getting paid anything and they're sleeping in their car and they did it to say they did it. And you're going, right. that right. just costs somebody else an opportunity who's a legitimate professional. And that, that can be a little frustrating. There's a lot of guys. And then the first time I heard it from Austin Aries, I was like, Oh, what an asshole. But now I think about it. He said, there's a lot of guys playing wrestler. There are very few guys that are full-time wrestling all the time, every week. Right making it happen and when you're in this and you do this all the time you start to see those guys where you're like you are just playing wrestler you're taking a spot from somebody else i think it's cute you want to follow your dreams i like dreams this is also a job the minute we can get out of the dream world scenario Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of like this is the dream the performance and treat it like a real professional category of work we're in Mm -hmm. a better place but we're not doing that now and i'm not saying this for the benefit of uh all of wrestling but the guys who are in charge right now or who think they're in charge are using that against all these wrestlers. Right. You know, this is the dream moment. You got to pay to come be a part of this. That's how it works. You work for free for a while. And it's like, none of this should be happening. Mm -hmm. This is very predatory. And right. You know, obviously the answer you could say is none of these big companies have to do that at all, or they don't have to give these opportunities or they don't have to pay these guys. And it's like, no, we should step up and say, yes, you do have to pay people. And if that means there's less opportunities, but it's treated as a more professional society and we're not just roping people along for years at a time. Well, it's the same thing with uh, comedy in some ways. There's a horrible theater called uh, UCB. And what does it stand for? United Upright Citizens Brigade. Upright Citizens Brigade. So they're, they're, they're standing up there. Uh, and, and what they do is they have these training courses where you pay literally 500 bucks or something to go through their levels. And then maybe if you can do it, you get into a class uh, group sketch and they'll give you a Saturday every now and again. And you have to pay a rental fee and all this stuff. There's no money. No. And as a matter of fact, you're paying to play. And it's so it's the same sort of horrible business model. It's just a, it's just a pyramid scheme. Uh, basically, yeah. where you get you get benefits if you invite more people, right. like a cult. Well, wrestling, uh, it's the same kind of thing that happens in the, in the entertainment industry across the board. Yeah, and and now though, because we have these stars in wrestling that are very accessible, that are at the indie level, the guys are getting taken advantage of in the way of like. As a promotion, I'm going to ask you how many seminars you've worked. How many seminars have you taken from these talents? Mm. Well, the reason what? seminars exist are this, okay? Let's say I want to bring in Sting to my promotion, right? Sure. I can't afford Sting if I just want to bring him in. But if I get all these wrestlers to pay $75 to watch Sting give them a two-hour lesson about the business and we'll pick one of them to actually get to wrestle on the show, right. then I can afford Sting. So I can hold this against these young wrestlers and say, well, you should have been at the seminar if you wanted to get booked, and you should have paid for the seminar. Right. And now, to be fair, 75 bucks to see res- to get wrestling lessons from Sting is a pretty good deal. Well, you would think, but some of these guys, and I'm not saying Sting and John, I use Sting as the name. Of course. Some of these guys really care about the seminars and want these kids to get better. Some of these guys stand there for two hours and just tell bullshit stories, and you're going, what? I got yelled at for talking during a seminar because I was in the locker room. I was at a show early and they were like, hey, you know, have some respect, this and this. And I was like, I have respect, but you should have respect for me and put me in a place where I'm not going to be heard having a normal conversation uh, right. where I'm right. supposed to be in a backstage area, a green room area while this is going on. This has nothing to do with me. I can speak at a normal voice at my job. Sure. No, I understand. That's very interesting. Uh, sort of the incentive to get some of these bigger names in there in order for in order for it to make them. Uh, have some money in order to make it lucrative for them. They got to do these kind of horseshit seminars. I right, get that right. for sure. 
Speaking of seminars and horseshit, I had a chance this weekend to go to Politicon. Oh, my God. That was very exciting. Do not open this Pandora's box with me. <laughs> I've got some things to say about Politicon. <laughs> and I got to meet Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane. Oh. And that was awesome, although I got to say, I'm a little taller than him. Yeah, I could see that. He's got big shoulders, and then he's, he works out and stuff. He's in much better shape. Um, but I do have more hair, and I am a little bit taller than Kane, so... For me, that it didn't shatter my my belief that he is still the demon child from hell. Um, but I was like, damn, I am really big. And that is why I have to sit in the Americans with Disabilities seats. <laughs> um, but when it comes to uh, professional wrestlers, Effie, uh, what was some of your inspirations? Who were some of the people that you were like, that is why I want to get into this? Because, again, you know, when it comes to representation, and WWE uh, has been doing – Okay, with representation. I mean, I suppose you could say gold dust in the 90s was breaking some social no, norms. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say uh, right now, no, yeah, they're absolute shit at representation. Yeah, I was going to say Finn Balor wears a, uh, a, a rainbow flag shirt unless they go to Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, I mean, but think anyway. about think about that. They're going, hey, you know, we let Phil, Finn Balor come out with some gay people. Aren't you guys happy now? And they're going, hey, but what about what about Saudi Arabia where they'll kill me? And they're like, but look, he's he's wearing a little rainbow. Don't you? Shut it's up. a rainbow. Yeah. Honestly, that's Saudi Arabia stuff. I know they got the big battle coming up that should just be booked as an MMA fight. Uh, Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar, which I could not really give a crap about. And then, of course, uh, big Braun Strowman, who I always will love, uh, going against Tyson Fury, who is a boxer when boxing does not really exist as a sport anymore. No, um, no. So I don't even it looks to me like Tyson Fury would have gotten his ass kicked by anyone. Uh, in the 1990s heavyweight division, um, probably even uh, what was the name of the white guy? Tommy, uh, Tommy uh, Dreamer, Tommy Gunn, Tommy Gunn. Oh, Tommy Gunn. But when it comes to um, when it comes to going back again to what we were talking about uh, with uh, with having idols and having people who inspired you, uh, who was that, or was there one person in particular, or did you just see an opportunity for someone more? Like you, like yourself, if you're like, if I want to see someone like me on in the ring, I guess I have to just be that person. A little bit. I mean, it was a little bit of that. I'm a big, like, Jim Crockett, Dusty Rhodes, NWA fan. My dad yeah. was really into it, and it was never sold to me as, like, a work. So it was always, you know, like, here's the badass guys. Here's your Ric Flair. He's an evil man. He's Woo! crazy. Um, I have Dusty Rhodes tattooed poorly on my foot. It's, I'll show you that. In yeah, a I would love to see you it. You want to just see it? I, I, oh my God, the Dusty Rhodes foot tattoo. Yeah. This is the first. It's it looks. Oh it looks my a God, that is now. hilarious. It looks a little bit more like Divine. To yeah, be it's honest, a little from divine. the John Waters series. Um, so I'm a big Dusty fan, but I'm also like I'm just a big fan of like the entertainment aspect of wrestling, and I think there's a time and a place for um, all the technical aspects of wrestling, and there's a lot of fans who are really into that. But the problem we have now is. We, we're just advertising to wrestling fans, so I wanted to create something that would hopefully kind of bridge that gap, and right. we don't re really have anybody on the mainstream now. I mean, you have your Lesners, but to have somebody who's you know like openly queer and loud and doesn't shut their mouth for anyone and points out the problems, everybody's still scared of stepping on toes in wrestling, and I've kind of figured out nobody's really in charge, right. not even up to like your Vince McMahons. They're still scrambling to figure out something to do. They'll tell you they've been planning to go to NXT TV for a long time. They surely have not. I've spoken with people in the Performance Center. They're scrambling at every point. SmackDown did under a million views on Friday. Nobody is in charge of wrestling. Really? I know they're up against the, the World Series, but 888,000 was the view number for SmackDown. And that on was on Friday. FS1 because, again, the World right. Series. The World was Series on was Fox. On. So I understand yeah. a little bit down, but 
things are changing. Cable is not the king anymore. Right. Cable is not the determination. I get so excited because I'm on all these like internet wrestling streaming services now. And in my brain, it's a little bit of me reaching, but there's no limit to how many people can sign up and watch this wrestling. And if it's a better product. Yeah. What are some of those um, online forums that people can find or online platforms? People, where can people find those? So they, they, there's a bunch of different networks right now. One of the big ones is independent wrestling TV. It's $10 a month, but they do the live shows of the, of the events as they're happening. They do all the replay shows. They put up old shows from all these promotions. I mean, there's 30, 40 promotions on there that you can just go through and search and watch these wrestlers on these independent levels. High spots wrestling network, is another one powerbomb tv was a thing for a Woo! while there's there's all these different places and i'm sitting here going can y'all just all work together and we can make it happen yeah but, yeah you know with the <laughs> monopolize IWTV the thing, region man you can be your own vince mcmahon yeah but think of this you know beyond might run a show with 200 people there but they've got three four thousand people watching online who's to say that couldn't be a hundred thousand people absolutely if you advertise it the right way and got them in there there's no real limit to what what we could do with the internet where it used to be, hey, you've got to get on TV to get this. And I'm saying now, I don't need a TV company's clout to make right. me bigger. I have everyone with no barrier of entry on the internet. Absolutely. I mean, and that is why I think as Katie and I sort of have been focusing on, on this show, because we're just a little independent promotion as well. Yeah. Um, we've been focusing on the up-and-coming people, the indie scene, because the power structure has been completely... Um, taken un- under the feet. It's been taken out under the feet of the people like Vince McMahon. Uh, and obviously that's, you know, whatever, the Khan family perhaps, although I think mm-hmm. AEW is doing some good stuff. And, you know, it goes back to even like the Harvey Weinstein thing where it's like, why was he busted now? It's because the internet took away his power. Exactly. The internet took away his info. platform and finally we can see him for the scumbag that he is and he gets prosecuted uh, because he's no longer the gatekeeper. So when it comes to wrestlers being able to have their own autonomy, when it comes to wrestlers being able Mm -hmm. to be their own industries, it seems like a better time than ever. Oh, yeah. And I've basically, like, carved out my own job because now if there's a company that, like, wants to book me, but I see they're doing something shady or I see they're doing something that I don't agree with, I can call it out and see if they'll fix it or I can walk away because there's going to be something else. And as they're, you know, starting out in the South, there's all these expectations of wrestling and all these rules to wrestling and all these bullshit respect things you have to do and shaking hands and you better take the ring down and you better honor your elders. Uh. And as I've seen the growth of what I call party wrestling and going to these shows that are actually drawing in people who are having fun, who aren't feeling the bullshit of wrestling, the performers are enjoying themselves. We have the option now to go to these places who are saying, you guys don't have to have rules here. You can do what you want. You can be more creatively fulfilled, and we will actually draw people in right. and stop focusing so much on the tradition of wrestling and start focusing on how we can get it out to the 95% of people who don't watch any wrestling and would probably enjoy it if they knew it wasn't a homophobic, racist, crazy, backwoods, redneck thing anymore because it's well, not. Right. It, it definitely is not. And speaking of you know, sort of people who are a little bit more rural, I love Nashville, Tennessee. And I love Tennessee. It's a wonderful state. But I was so surprised at the Elton John concert. I was just walking down Broadway, and all of a sudden, all of these big old, you know, redneck-looking dudes, all in Elton John shirts. And I was like, "That's really that was very sweet." And the and, he's you know, crossed over. He yeah, he's like beyond crossed Hopefully over. Hopefully so. not yet to it, the other side. Oh, but. not yet. Although that's sort of the uh, the implication of the entire farewell tour. But um, Katie and I, we were talking yesterday about what's going on with. Uh, Miles in WWE regarding yeah. his regarding his T-shirt. Katie, can you talk about that a little bit? Because um, it seems like the WWE created a T-shirt that he is not happy with. 
not happy with. And look, there's there seems to be like semantics and and like business. There's a lot. It seems like a lot of he said she said kind of behind closed doors. Uh, but bottom line is the logo that they created for Jordan Miles is very offensive. Once you you're like, oh, that's not great, and then you look at it and you're like, oh, that's really bad. And he said he's like, hey, I, I like this fucking like no, absolutely not. I'm not okay with this. And yeah. it's just been kind of a it's been drama. So for Jordan Miles, I mean, I guess as a performer, uh, it is nice going back to again with more autonomy. It's nice to be able to sort of sculpt your own image so you don't have a WWE brand doing it for you. It's that. And there's like clearly not enough representation within WWE that this is something that even made it as far as it did. No one looked at that and said like, oh, this is offensive. This could be offensive. This is offensive. Like there's not enough. They're just doing there's they're just tone deaf. Yeah, absolutely. And I was a PR major in college, right? And I'm sitting in class. I remember this specifically. And a girl presented her breast cancer awareness charity that she had come up with called Get in the Pink. And I raised my hand and I said, do you not see how this could be maybe misread as Get in the Pink? Because it's something a frat guy would say about some girl he just met. He wanted to get in the pink. And they're like, you're being a pervert. Why would you even think that way? I said, the whole fucking job of PR is to think that way. You well, I mean, think, yes, that's a horrible, like, of course that's going to be what people think. Right, of course. Well, she couldn't understand that. So when I look at these t-shirts and I look at how tone deaf it really is, it does seem like they don't have anyone in there that is aware of how it could be misread. And they're coming out and saying, okay, obviously we, we approved the t-shirt with him, but look at all the t-shirts they released for NXT. All those shirts are terrible. Every single one of they're those shirts all, is bad. They're awful. This one's particularly offensive. But the yeah. fact that they're saying like, hey, we got all these guys to approve these shirts. No, you didn't. You really didn't. Because nobody would approve of this shirt. And what's sad to me too, beyond just his shirt, is you have all these terrible generic shit shirts up. And they're going to use that as a measure for who they should push. They're right, going to say, right. let's see how many of these real bad, awful, terrible, shitty, it's just your name on a shirt with a logo that we can sell. And we'll see who's really worth pushing. Even though half of you have never been on TV. Half of you have never been presented to an audience. Have never had a vignette. Let's just see how it goes, and we'll book based on that. So even beyond the racist mm. aspect of it, there's a bigger problem with their merchandising, which is it's shit. They know it's shit, and they're expecting other people to use that as a measuring stick for who they really need to get over because there's like 150 people at the Performance Center right now. Right. Not everybody's staying. No, definitely not. And, of course, the T-shirt we're talking about is Jordan Miles' T-shirt. He's a black dude. He does. He has a gorgeous smile. He's like, he has a he's, beautiful smile. He, he really does. So I think Very they were nice. trying to be like, Let's focus on his beautiful smile. Um, but they ended up making a black T-shirt with a red outline for his lips. And then his his name was sort of the teeth of the T-shirt. And it, re it represents, you know, the black Sambo doll and, and just sort of very traditional, old, racist um, artifacts that you would see in you know yeah. the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and today. Well, and um, and <laughs> But, of course, they did say that Jordan did approve. But going back to that, Effie and, and Katie... You can imagine if you're a wrestler, you just got called up to WWE, you're like, this is it, man. Hell yeah, and awesome. Like I'm that's excited. that's so fucking cool. Um, and then if they come to you and all of a sudden you show that you're one tenth like CM Punk when you're like, nah, I don't like that t shirt, they're not you have to like the t shirt. Now you're a problem. Now you're just gonna be a problem. Yeah, that guy yeah. complains about everything. Exactly. You know? But and and I think Things flipped a little bit with Jordan because he kept complaining about stuff. And I have to sort of step in and say, look, guys, this is a guy who's been dealing with systematic racism in wrestling for 10, 12, 15 years. 
And mm-hmm. at a certain point, when all of this stuff is happening, yeah, he's probably acting out and he's probably acting unprofessionally. But this shit weighs on you. I know it does. I talk to black performers and they're like, there's so much little stuff that you can't even understand that. Uh, look at Darius Lockhart right now. Have you seen anything from Darius Lockhart? No. Darius Lockhart is doing a big thing where he's like, okay, my music is uh, marketable. My fashion is marketable. My style is marketable. My athleticism is marketable, but I'm not marketable because right. I'm too black because I'm acting too black and I should stay quiet about that. Or I should only put forward the black things that are good for the community that, that white people can get behind and that's comfortable for them. Sure. Right. And it's, it's sort of flipping everything on its head. And I love seeing it because he's saying y'all have been using us for years, but never giving us due credit. And now if you want to use us, you get all of us or you get none of us. Interesting. And of course, you know, there are some positive things as well happening right now. Specifically, you look at uh, Velveteen Dream, NXT, speaking of queer and black. Um, so well, there and are... let me step in, though. Okay, step in, please, because I'm a big Velveteen Dream fan. I love him. Yeah, he's a big fan of me, too. Um, when you are mysteriously queer, right? mysteriously how long can the mystery really go on has he right. come out there is he and that said, mysterious listen you can be mysterious i know this because i used to tell people don't make assumptions when i was starting out it's easy yeah. to say don't make assumptions it is mm-hmm. not easy for them to say here is someone who is considered a pansexual or a bisexual or a gay performer right and we're going to use that here instead they can keep gay baiting and queer baiting and like i said with finn balor giving us the absolute minimum here's a guy in a rainbow shirt here's a guy who acts kind of flamboyant and he's flirting a little bit with somebody but never directly putting a label on it so that they can keep it in their little world think about if velveteen dream went to the main roster next week he wins the intercontinental championship if they had him as a publicly out queer performer he could not defend that championship in saudi arabia which is where a lot of their money is well that is true i don't even know if he could go to saudi arabia as his character is now to be honest if they keep it quiet and say well he's just playing a character and we've said nothing of the sort that's out loud and he's just a little bit flamboyant like prince it's easier for them to make that sell later than saying publicly this is a queer performer then they're guaranteed to not have that opportunity. So it's easier for them to run with the mystery, but is that mystery going to be as cute in two years when we're seeing the same little, is he gay? Is he not? Is he going to do it? Is he going to give a kiss? I thought this was already solved. Everyone, doesn't everyone think he's gay? Yeah, think he's gay. Say it out loud. Velveteen Dream, I'm a bisexual, pansexual performer. Otherwise, shut your fucking mouth. Is, um, you know, it's interesting because... Obviously, I don't know what he is like as a person. I would, I would, I don't know. I have no idea because you know everyone thought Goldust when he was in the '90s. Just to go back to uh, the the Rhodes family, um, everyone's like, "Oh, he must be a gay character." But the Dusty Rhodes is a hell of an actor because I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, and he is not gay by any stretch of the imagination. He's quite a conservative man. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, which is also surprising. It was just kind of a surprise, which is I mean, hey man, you do whatever you want to do to well, survive but, in this world. He seems like he's a fine guy, but it was interesting because his character. I was like, man, that must have been uh, hard for you to sort of get into that sort of character as a person who is. Just a kind of a Texas, a Texas dude. Yeah. I mean, you look back at like the natural Dustin Rhodes and he kind of did what he had to to get over and he used that character and he even went to WCW with some weird stuff. But now what disappoints me as I am wearing a gold dust shirt, if you can confirm, <laughs> oh, I'm yes, wearing, you, oh, I'm I wearing my gold shirt. dust shirt. I love yeah. that shirt, by the way. Um, I'm a huge gold dust fan. I'm not comfortable. And I've said this before with looking back with shame on what you've done previously and blaming it on being an addict to drugs, being addicted to drugs or being out of your mind or drinking too much or saying that, Oh, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that so much. Well, I, I see I regret that he, it now. he does do a lot of like, I'm living for the day living. And I don't know what 
things he did in his past that he is working to improve upon. But I don't think he has shame of being Goldust, do you? I think I think there is some shame of that, of especially towards the end with the artist, you know, known as Goldust. Oh, when he was with, he and uh, Luna Vachon. Yeah, they kind of they sort of don't don't want to look back on that, and he sort of said that publicly from what I've read, and that makes me sad because yeah. it was a big inspiration to me. Right. I still think he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, great. but I will still publicly say he's my opposite John Cena. I don't really need to watch a John Cena match, but right. I would love right. to hang out with the guy. Sure. I'll watch Gold Dust matches all day. At this point, I don't really need to hang out with him. I hear what you're saying. Am I pumped that he's doing something with Sonny Kiss? Maybe we're turning a corner? Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. I think they're a great combination. Right. Um, but I have to see where it goes. I'm I'm very skeptical of everything. Right. Well, that was the same thing with me at Politicon. Um, I'm so Ugh. cool. I'm so cool. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but after I met Kane, because I love Kane, and I, you know, and Glenn Jacobs, you know, it's like I politically I disagree with it, but I'm just so proud he was able to to get out there and do it. But he did a panel called CAG, which is Keep America Great, with him and Tommy Loren. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to skip that because I don't need to see Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. K. I don't need to get, like, super pissed off at Kane because I just, I don't know, whatever. But anyway. I've got so many things to say about Say it, it's like, Katie. Well, no. I Well, I went last year. I went last year because it was here in L.A. And I, and I was shooting a segment with Jim Jeffries and we took Jim and. And it was just, it was just, it was just very, ugh. I just wasn't comfortable anywhere. <laughs> this was miserable. Everyone's so angry about everything. Oh, yeah, that's and, true. And then I don't like 90% of the people here. But is that real <laughs> anger or is this kind of a kayfabe? I think it's Man. a little, I think, it, to be honest, I think it was a little bit of both. Like, there was yeah. a lot of, like, the Trump hats and, like, a lot. like, and the and and just like a lot of the it was a little kayfabe like I'm Trumpy and rah, 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 like all right sh- everyone I just want to survive the day without well, getting yelled at that that is interesting because and this is what I talk about on Abe Lincoln's top bed as well if you want an indication of where we are as a country just remember Abraham Lincoln was in the NCAA Hall of Fame and Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame so we are living in a pro wrestling reality and the way that they marketed Politicon was come out and see your favorite political heroes and villains and it is crazy because i'm like society it's a full kayfabe society yeah and that's what i think about with like okay so i'm asking you about the kayfabe of politicon and i I, i'm thinking about you've got your your performers there who are your politicians who are doing your panels and stuff right and then you've got i'll use the wrestling language your marks and your marks are walking around in trump hats yep and i know everybody's hanging out fine behind the scenes and then they're doing their political theater and everybody's getting worked right everyone everyone is all working outward yeah and we have to recognize that to be able to wake up to what's really going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wake up, sheeple. Everything is wrestling. Everything. Everything. Every interaction of every day is wrestling. When, how, old, how long ago did you start to really commit to wrestling? Um, I mean, I've been doing it every weekend for six years now. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm opening up more now this year to a lot more traveling. Like, it used to be two, three-hour drives, go home. Oh, man, that was fun. And now it's like full-on weekend i might get home at 6 30 a.m and go to work at 7 30 starting this year but it's it's been opportunities that i wouldn't turn down and you know even when you get stressed out where you're looking at your calendar going like holy crap how am i going to do this Mm -hmm. you kind of go okay but two years ago you wouldn't have even believed you'd be in this position right and you know you look at the schedule and you can be worried about it or you can just tackle that thing and go get over yeah i mean that's one of the things when it comes to the industry of entertainment you work your ass off so it takes so long you work your ass off so hard 
to just work more. Right. All you yeah. want to do is work more. It's like the opposite of every other industry where they're like, I'm working hard now to retire. And in the entertainment industry, you're like, I'm working hard now for free to hopefully work harder for a little bit of money. Hopefully oh, they'll man. pay me for this one day. Hopefully. Absolutely. Hey, I, I made it happen. We got to that point. Where were you? So uh, obviously you're also a traditionally trained wrestler. You I can am. do both death matches and, and not so death matches. Yeah. Where were you trained at? What was that process like for you? All right, here's the story. I'm going to make it brief because it's crazy. Okay. I used to be on a lot of drugs. Okay. I was a wild child. Um, I got sober after taking eight hits of acid. Uh, That'll do almost it. Almost immediately. I had met a man named White Trash Fred at an NXT show. Before NXT was cool, this was like 2012. Okay. And they were just running Florida loops. And I couldn't start my car. I was stoned as crap. This was before I got sober. And uh, he came and started my car for me and signed an 8x10 that said, follow your dreams, White Trash Fred. So as soon as I got sober, it was like a year later, I tracked this guy down. I literally trained in a field with him. He had a ring in a field in Florida. I'd drive two hours there, two hours back every wow. Sunday. This man trained me as much as he could, as well as he could. And then I just started lying and getting booked on shows. It, you awesome. sort of had to go, okay, I got to make the jump. And Florida's a weird place because there's so many wrestling schools. Jay Lethal has one. Right. Dory Funk has one. There's a few others we don't mention because pedophiles run them. But ah. there's a lot of wrestling schools, and if you don't have the oh, pedigree. right. I forgot about that. Wait, hold there's on a, a whole, There's a whole scandal in Florida with yeah. wrestling schools. What's going on? There are convicted sex offenders running wrestling schools in Florida. Well, that doesn't yeah. seem like a profession that would be good for them. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. does it? And uh, the PWI groping. 500 also featured one of these convicted child molesters. And mm -hmm. people say, are you mad you're not on the PWI 500? And I go, no, I'm glad they ignored me because I don't want to be on a list with pedophiles. Yeah, the pedophile wrestling 500? No, so no It's you. a thing. Okay. But, yeah. but with that, if you're in Florida and you don't have a school pedigree behind you, it's very hard for people to bring you in. So I just started kind of lying to get booked. And then it was working and I was getting over, so I lied some more <laughs> to get booked. Right. And, you know, on top of that, having the internet access and being able to make weird content that that adds to the character and gets me over and creates a world instead of just being a guy at a show. Right. Like, you sort of world, world build so that when they bring you to the show, there's sort of background to you walking out. And doing all of that and putting all that effort in, it just started to pick up more naturally. Nice. But I nice. was in that field, man. In that, I mean, that really is a great story. And that... I would assume the struggle for sobriety or that that unbelievable battle to get sober that must have been harrowing for that. Uh, you said it, it took you a year after the incident where you met White Trash White Trash Fred White Trash Fred WTF White Trash, WTF It took you a year through that process and was was the end of the was the end of the tunnel the light at the end of the tunnel was it always professional wrestling where you're like I'm gonna get sober and what am I gonna do with my life because I think that's a big question for a lot of people. Uh, when going through the transition yeah. of drug abuse to sobriety is like, what the hell am I going to do? Well, I think in every entertainment industry, there's sort of that weird glass ceiling where you kind of assume, okay, well, there's this level of this and then there's this level of this and you don't really cross into that level unless you really know people or you were maybe built in a factory for wrestling or you've, you know, have the pedigree. So I didn't right. think in my head while I was on acid, I really went a little crazy and no. Yeah, it was really? wild. <laughs> With I, eight, eight hits of acid? I couldn't a crazy? justify the existence of John Cena. When I watch Monday Night Raw, every arena looks the same. They just got a different mm -hmm. thing in the corner. We're in Baltimore tonight. We're in Sacramento tonight. We're in Reno tonight. And every arena looks the same. John Cena's interest is the same every time. I was like, yep. why would he physically have to be at these places? Why couldn't they just make this up? And right. that's obviously a very high acid thought. But I thought to myself, okay, you've watched wrestling your whole life. You've been a fan of wrestling your whole life. You think it would be fun to do. The only way you're going to know if this is real or not is if you just pump it out and make it happen. Yeah. So 
now it's just been me kind of poking at reality to see how far I can take this thing. And we're going to go all the way with it. I mean, you're killing it. And everyone and I will say everyone that, we, that I've talked to here in, in L.A. absolutely loves you. And I think you're doing incredible things for other independent wrestlers as well. Thank you. Well, and I mean, I, so, I would say just real quick, a big eye opening moment for me where I kind of started punching reality even more. Right. Is I had that match with the NXT super fan Izzy, who mm. at the time was yes. an 11 year old little girl. Yes. And I was told by so many like higher up wrestling people that like, I don't need to proceed. This is going to ruin me. I'm going to be blacklisted mm-hmm. from everything. And the only thing it did was get me more booked. Right. And so I kind of realized there's sort of a level of these guys who are, we think are in charge telling us how we should do our character, how we should yep. do our work, what's allowed, what's not allowed. And really they have no idea what they're talking about. Absolutely. I am so happy. You know, the internet giveth and it taketh uh, with <laughs> social media and things like that. There's a lot of eight Chan, four Chan, Whatever, Chad. Uh, There's a lot of really shitty things that the internet has brought to our doorstep, but there is some good things as well, and that is taking the key away from, again, these glorified gatekeepers who really, anyone in the entertainment industry or in business as well, uh, you can just see how that blows up their ego and gets them so, just the smallest amount of power can really just, it's a disease and so many people just do not know how to fight it. And they just allow themselves to become like total maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of those in all entertainment aspects, but Everyone. also especially in wrestling. Yeah. Um, I did I did a promo at a promotion called Rise, which used to be an exclusively women's promotion. I did it right at the end of Pride Month in June, where okay. I basically hijacked this show. I beat Shotzi Blackheart out of the ring. I showed up in a mask. This was the first show that they were doing that was LGBT inclusive. Um, I came in and I basically cut a promo that said, hey, nobody upstairs is going to say this because they're happy to be booked. These queer talent are happy to be booked on a show, but it's Pride Month. Of course, they're booked on this show. I said, the shit stops here. You start booking queer talent everywhere, not because they're queer talent, but because they're better than a lot of the guys you're booking now. Right. Or I'm going to be at your doorstep messing stuff up because I don't have any consequences. I can step out here and say, if you're not booking queer talent, if you're not taking a look at these people, if you're not at least giving them the shot, then there's going to be a problem with me. And it sent people into a bit of an uproar. But it's worked because Rise has stuck with the LGBT thing. I've seen more booking opportunities for queer talent. I've seen more shows popping up for queer talent. And I want to get to the point where it's like, it's not necessarily straight talent or queer talent, but it's the best people are booked in the right spots. And, you know, that is happening across the spectrum of sports, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be yeah. NBA athletes being like, I am done. Like, I'm going, uh, you know, to uh, I want to go to this team or whatever. And a lot of people will be like, oh, those athletes, they're just being selfish. Keep in mind, last year at the All-Star Game, uh, right before the All-Star, uh, All-Star Game, that's the the end of the trading deadline. The yeah. NBA, the uh, I forget the name of the team and I forget the player. But they literally told him at halftime he was traded. And they never told him that he was on the trading block. And so the second half of this game before the All-Star break, he just sat on the hat. He just sat on the bench. It was like, I've been traded. Okay. They treat these people like cattle. So it is important to remember the business aspect of it when people see like, oh, these athletes, they're acting up again. It's like, no, they. it's a cold world. Just because I'm mad doesn't mean that you're not it means I'm an asshole. You like, they have to take some responsibility. And I think going back to where we started, like representation matters. And if there isn't someone that if if they're not given the opportunity because they're not in the circle, like, Oh, I get so I'm sorry. I got mad. 
No, I get it's fired fine. up. There's there's a lot of things <laughs> to be mad about. But even talking about the NBA, okay, their payroll is still at forty to fifty percent of their earnings. They're mm. paying out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The WNBA is at twenty two percent. That's a travesty. The WWE pays out ten percent or less Jeez. of their earnings to talent. It's crazy. And it's wow. even crazier when you realize that they play f- pay for their plane tickets. They pay the, the for their travel. Does. Yes. They pay for their hotels. They pay for their health insurance. They don't have employee rights. This is insanity that this is the dream we set up. This is the big company. This is the Mm -hmm. billion dollar place where your dreams come true and you get treated like shit. Even at the You're top. You're just a number. So You're just a number. Is it because the WWE, they'll give some big contracts out? Obviously, I think The Rock got like 20 million bucks or something like that for his last little run. Uh, is that what they, they, they pay out big to like one or two or three stars and then everyone else is just left to fight over the scraps? And do you think that's in order to keep the, the locker room sort of competitive with each other? I, I think it's to keep people feeling abused. I don't know. I think they want to keep mm. them locked up. Look at this. Saudi Arabia, obviously a weird situation. We're talking about it a lot. Right. But they reported Cain Velasquez, Tyson Fury are going to make 10 to $15 million each for that match. Damn. The starting salary Tyson NXT, Fury? Tyson Fury. The man has never wrestled before. No, but wow, what a great guy. He's a, you know, not a homophobe, a transphobe. Oh, wait a second. He is. Um, they don't care. But the starting salary. I'm just going to focus on the wrestling. If I'm a wrestler, I'd be like, you're going to give this boxer 15 million bucks? Right. And then you're going to give your starting salary at NXT, which they've raised a little bit, to $55,000. Think about the penny in the bucket that is to what they're paying out for one match for this jackass who's never devoted a second of his life to wrestling training wow. before he got the opportunity. He'll practice for two weeks, he'll do his match, and then he'll get out of there with $15 million. You've devoted your life to professional wrestling. Right. You've worked on the independents for 10 years. Here's your wow. 55000 Stop complaining about the shirt. Shut the fuck up and know your role. It's crazy. $55,000. I mean, it's, it's not... Insane. Hey, that's that's good. If you're making fifty five k, but you'll know if you're making fifty five k right now, you got a family... That money goes away very, very fast. Yeah, especially when yeah. you're paying your own gas to drive to house shows in Florida every weekend. Or that paying is, for your own flights. Who do you think, I mean, how, how do we change that? Because I do a wrestling segment in, in our live last podcast on the left show all about Bruiser Brody, uh, who I love, Bruiser Brody. And I know he was one of those wrestlers, old school dude, a badass motherfucker, uh, who was really f- trying to fight for wrestling rights, when it, or wrestlers' rights, rather, when he was like, hey, man, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Why are we getting any money? Is there anyone out there right now other than, like, yourself, uh, who is like fighting? How would you like? Wh- why can't someone like a John Cena or someone like you know? I don't know. Even these old y- these old timers. Is there any yeah. way or Triple H? I mean, Triple H knows this man. I mean, he's he was busting his ass for years. Nah, man. And he he's, is he's in the pocket. No, he's now pocket he is. Now. <laughs> but do you think things are gonna get better when so? Because I, I honestly think Triple H with the wrestling experience, he's gonna have to empathize a little bit more. With the wrestlers, yeah. but I don't know. You can you can correct me if I'm wrong. No, it, but it is, will get better. But yeah. it's because of guys like I look at David Starr for example. Mm-hmm. David Starr is a very controversial figure in wrestling right now because he's pushing for people to unionize. He's calling out this kind of stuff. Yeah, and with us, we've been told, and people in the WWE system are still the same way. Hey, shut up! Right, shut up! Yeah, you know we're gonna take care of you. Shut up! Don't tell everybody else. So You're now, coming to the WWE, so shut right. up. So, so shut what up. else do you want? Stay in. Yeah. 
And now with guys like us who are bringing this knowledge out and talking about it openly and nobody's able to tell us no because we're still booked and we're still successful and we're still drawing people into shows, it's a new era of they've got to answer to it now because now it's out in the open to their shareholders, wow. to their public, to their fans. Right. And we're not going to shut up. There's nobody that's going to be able to keep me quiet because here's something that's messed up. I don't need your WWE money. I'll go I'll go do Jimmy Fallon in two weeks if I really need to. We're going to make something different happen. We don't need the WWE system anymore to bring wrestling to the mainstream right. because they've basically boxed themselves into a certain position. They're stuck with shareholders. They're stuck with advertisers. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're still going to get money. They're going to be able to do finishes like Hell in a Cell this year and still yeah. be profitable about it and not care what the fans think. But right. at a certain point, when the fans are finally informed of what's really going on, mm -hmm. they're going to get to make that decision on their own. I gave a, um, and Katie, you can get in here as well, but I gave, I, I did a presentation for Hail Yourself America, my my uh, my documentary Which when I ran for office. Which is very exciting. Thank you. And uh, the only, and I do a Q&A at the end of the documentary. My most controversial uh, answer to any question, though, was someone asked me what my favorite current wrestler is, and I do have to fully admit that I love The Fiend, and I love Bray Wyatt. And uh, I was just stoned enough. I had a vape. I had a vape pen. Proud of you. And I had a couple of beers. And the hell in the cell finish. I kind of was scared. I was kind of scared, and I was like, "That I think that was kind of fun." Although it's, I don't even know how you get disqualified in a hell in a cell. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, at the end of it, I was like, "I think I like that mask." Yeah, but like, let's be, <laughs> let's have a reality too. I love Bray Wyatt. I think he's an incredible performer. I think he does stuff that's so outside of the box, and they have to catch up to him to oh, make it totally. work for them. Yeah, but. Don't forget, we've got an almost 80-year-old billionaire in charge. Yep. So, I mean, I think about when my grandpa was 80 and I visited oh, him. He would say things and you'd go, okay, but that's grandpa. There's a reason he's in the home. Now you have this guy fully in charge of a company <laughs> and they're going, hey, what do we do, Vince? And he goes, I, uh, make it match stoppage. And they're like, but it's a no DQ match. Make it match stoppage. No one there is able to step in and go, hey, man, this doesn't make no damn sense. <laughs> right. Right. You know, at a certain point, do we have to put him in the home and just let him watch every week to save professional wrestling? Ugh. Well, I mean, the nice part is, is that now because of the independence and because of you know, groups like like the Bucks and 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 people like yourself that are like openly being like, no, fuck this, I'm tired of it. And even Joey Ryan, that's here in L.A., like, fuck it, I'm tired of it. I'm not, I don't need your money. I don't need to go to your stupid company. Right. Yeah. I'm just it gonna just, just change the game on my own. It comes down to to this new visibility where I'll work a show in a town and I'll go, okay, 300 people came to this show. There are there are 500,000 people in this town. How did you advertise this so poorly that this is all we could pull? Right. And sometimes right. I think we do focus a little bit heavily on the actual professional wrestling, but I think there are other things. I put out a little video. It didn't even get many views. It was like, bring your friends to pro wrestling. Right. Because I don't care if you're coming just because it's ridiculous. If you want to come watch one match, if you just want to come watch the fans be ridiculous. Sure. I don't care what gets you in the door. It's fun. In my experience, if you come to a live professional yeah. wrestling show, you will come back. But I agree. they don't know it's happening. And that's kind of been my goal is to have this outreach. If I can be the gatekeeper to bringing in fans who aren't necessarily professional wrestling fans, who might just be weirdo queerdos, I use that word a lot, just strange people, fun people who yeah. haven't felt accepted, who didn't feel safe at a wrestling show, and they can come in because of me, but maybe they see another match that's a technical match, or they see another match that's a high-flying match mm -hmm. that might not have got them in the door in the first place, but now they get to see this full circus. We have to focus on getting those new eyes in because a lot of these crowds, especially New York, New Jersey, there's a thousand different companies. You're wrestling to the same crowd, the right. same crowd over and over. How do we get these people in? How do we get them off their couch to Absolutely. stop watching Hulu, to stop playing Candy Crush, and pay $15 to come watch wrestling? Because I think they would enjoy it once they actually did it. They would love it.
unless it's Monday Night Raw 25th uh, anniversary. Yeah, well. Because people oh. were very upset. Although I was at Barclays and I got to see Stone Cold uh, stun Vince and I was like, that was worth it. <laughs> I, I was at Ma- I was at the uh, Madison Square Garden Center or <laughs> yeah. whatever the oh, ballroom. Yeah. You oh had my a god, bad one. it was we. I mean, they did give us tickets down the road, but uh, it was it was that was terrible. Did they even have it up on the screen? Uh, no, it, I mean, we could have just gone to a bar and watched it. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, I was like, "Hey, just so you know, we have friends that work at WWE, and I love the people that I know that work there, and I get it. I've worked for a corporation where I don't agree with shit." but I'm too low on the totem pole to be confident enough to say anything. Right. But at that point, you're also complacent, and it's a whole other... Now, in I think in today's world, it's a whole other world to just sit, like still sit there quiet. Totally. Regardless. I was like, hey, I don't want to be a dick, but like, we like traveled to New York, where my husband's from, uh, and I got him tickets. I was like, hey, Merry Christmas. It's a big surprise. We're going to the 25th anniversary. Aww. And then we just sat We sat in the ballroom with like, it, we, it could have been in a bar with a wrestling ring and just hey, no lights in the wrestling Matt ring. Matt Hardy came out though, didn't he? Mm, yay. <laughs> I love Matt Hardy. I love no, Matt Hardy I too. Do lo- I love the Hardys. Oh I my love God. Bo- I love them. And I, I appreciate their contribution to the industry. Well, but regardless. Oh yeah, seriously. It was, like a f- it was like three hours of just, just being like, wait. So, are we just gonna sit in the dark? Is that what's is that what's going on here? It literally was what you did for three hours. Wait, didn't the Undertaker come out at one point? Was that worth it for you? He came. Uh, no, he came out. Well, he came out and for like five minutes, cut like a very strange promo in the ring, and yeah. it was very odd. And then like left his jacket and his hat in in the ring, and it was it was so cool weird. to see them walk out in such like a small venue. But like, I just just I mean, and it's on it's on me too because I assumed that they were like open and close the show there, like do something there, I and then they at would the too. end. I thought they would do some more. I thought they would cut to us more. Yeah, at least regardless. have some dark matches going on while you're in there. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was very uncomfortable. And then at one point, like the crowd just flipped. Like they were just not having any of it to the point where I was like, uh, maybe we should leave. I don't know what's going to happen in here. Yeah, it might be a small <laughs> about riot. To riot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And of course, with when it comes to the Hardy Boys, love the Hardy Boys forever, and we wish Jeff Hardy the best. Um, Whatever he's going through. Whatever he's going through. But yeah. hey, guys, Hardys, Usos, everybody in America, please stop drinking and driving. It is so was, irresponsible. Well, the last yeah. time, you know, that's the great thing with Uber. It's a great thing with oh, the yeah. Ubers. You can just Uber out and you know what? It's relatively cheap. You got to be careful out there. But we were talking and just kind of briefly want to mention this because we know a lot of people who write for WWE and uh, yeah. AEW and the average turnover for a writer in WWE is six months. Our friend Matt McCarthy writes, uh, I believe you, you know Matt, right, Katie? I think so. Maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Either. Matt McCarthy's a great guy, great comedian, and uh, he has a podcast, We Watch Wrestling is the name of his podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I love yeah. Um, and he did it for six months, and sure enough, he quit, still watches wrestling, which is America, uh, which is a which is America and a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when it comes to the writers, they get treated like dog shit as well. How important is writing to professional wrestling? How important are the writers to professional wrestling, do you think? I think they can be very important. But the way WWE uses them is is not very well at all because even if they're aiming for continuity, like as a writer, you want to write a story that has continuity and makes sense and has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. Even in a wrestling you know world, a lot of their ideas get thrown out or get twisted or get used in a different way to where it's not as important. In the indies, you don't have those writers. And sometimes that's, you know a negative because guys aren't as creative as they could be, but sometimes that's a positive. And when I have matches, like I might only fight this person one time in my career, we might not have any build up to it. Right. How can we 
in a very short video, in a very short promo, in a little bit of back and forth, make this a real story. By the time it happens, people are excited for it. Instead of it just being, okay, here's an exhibition match with this guy and this guy. Right. How can we put a little heat behind it? And I think sometimes I've taken liberties on that and made up my own stories and maybe it's rubbed people the wrong way. But it's important to me to be able to have that person to where we can tell a real story. Yeah. And I don't have that writer person to argue with to tell them this will work or this won't. Right. Um, what was the story that you was it your opponent that was like, I didn't, what? You came up with that? Yeah. Or sometimes I'm, I'm notably shady sometimes on, on social media when it comes to those sort of stories. Yeah. Like I have a promo I'm cutting next week where I'm congratulating someone for getting signed and, uh, telling them that at least they'll have this match to look back on when they're trying to defend Vince's booking decisions and they're so oh, happy about that uh, direct deposit. I said, at least you'll have this memory to think back on and you'll feel some sense of fulfillment because you're about to just be another dog in the dog and pony show. Right, right. So is that out of line? Maybe. Is it going to give some good heat and get people talking? I also think it will. That's what matters the most. I mean, some of the best promos have a shred of truth. Oh, absolutely. Totally. All the, I mean, all the best promos have a shred of truth, right? Well, I cut I cut a promo for me versus Nick Gage uh, that we did that Starcast weekend, and I basically was like, "Look, I know a lot of people are seeing me in my pantyhose and seeing me prance around and talk about queer visibility, and they're thinking one thing, but I'm I'm a tough son of a bitch, and I'm gonna come whoop your ass right in front of all your fans, murder, death, kill, and I mean we killed it, but having that little bit of heat behind it of people going, you know, Nick Gage is gonna kill you. How are you poking that bear so hard? Right. And it was like, good. I'm glad you're questioning this. And we're going into a match where now you think you don't know what could happen. You know, I'm obviously showing you that I'm crazy. I'm not scared of this convicted felon who said he's gonna kill me in the ring and stab me and bite me. I'm I'm showing up with just as much energy and just as much an air of violence right. uh, as he's bringing. I love it. I love it. We got to get back to the. People need to be scared of gay people again. Hell yeah. That's what I've said. We've said it before and I'll say it again. Fernando agrees we'll as well. We'll put you through a pane of glass. <laughs> well, this has just been awesome, Evie. Thank you so much. Do you have any final question, uh, Katie? Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. We covered I mean, this a lot. Has been, this has been a fulfilling conversation. Good. I loved it. Yeah. And also, again, remember that, folks. Uh, Vince McMahon, I learned, I learned something new today. Uh, 10%. Under 10% of the profits of that billionaire company, multi, multi billion dollar company and led by a billionaire gives less than 10% to the people that you go to see. Yeah. No I, one goes to see you, Vince. It's infuriating. I run a shoot job and my direct labor is about 30%, right? Which is yeah. pretty reasonably in yeah. line. And I still don't think I pay my guys enough, but that's, mm -hmm. it's a business. You got to fill your numbers. 10%. It's crazy. Right. And to think that all the rest of the money that's not going to wrestlers is going to help Trump get reelected, that really makes me excited, too. Yep. Phone call Jesus away. Jesus Christ. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Effie, where can people find you? What's an upcoming match, social media, whatever you want to push? Yes. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I am Effie Lives, E-F-F-Y Lives. Uh, I also have a pro wrestling tease store, which is prowrestlingtees.com slash Effie Lives. Uh, tonight, I'm wrestling in Brooklyn. I don't know if this isn't coming out right now, but... Next week, I will be in Los Angeles. I'm doing bar wrestling on Wednesday Yay. for Joey Ryan. And then GCW is doing a show Friday at the Ukrainian Cultural Center. And nice. then afterwards, they're doing a no-ring death match in a gay bar. So I will be at that as well. Oh, my. I don't know the name of it, but it's going to be a good time. All right. 
That sounds incredible. Katie, anything you want to promote? Promote your documentary or anything? How was the how was the last show? And I know you guys just screened it again. Yeah, Orlando was great. And now we're uh we're just we're 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 going through like color correcting and doing some extra little little punch ups, gonna change some music cues, you know. And then hopefully we'll be able to see it somewhere. And at that yeah. point we'll have Joey on. That's awesome. And my documentary, it's political, but it's called Hail Yourself America. That'll be out on HailYourself.com November 1st. So that'll be very cool. Um, All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. Uh, go to iTunes, rate and review us. We're still a baby, but we are growing every single week. So thank you all so much for supporting independent wrestling, for supporting wrestling in general, and for supporting the show. Um, All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Katie, catchphrase this week. Don't stop believing. That is a journey song. I don't. Do you have the rights to that? I think that's TM'd. D- uh, d- please don't stop believing. That's that's with a fair. G. That's fine. That's fair. No apostrophe with a G. <laughs> Perfect. Dreaming. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to. Go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.